Welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast produced in collaboration between Egg Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network that explores the world of agriculture and rural life. I'm Adam Albrick. Fall in the upper Midwest is a time when people all over go outside and enjoy nature before that winter freeze really sets in. Today we're speaking with Kyle Rylander about the ins and outs of owning recreational land. Kyle serves as the Market Vice President Home Loans for Egg Country. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. I always enjoy your Fielding Questions podcast, and I'm honored to be a part of it today. Well, we're happy to have you here. And have you yourself uh, enjoyed any outdoor time here this fall, Kyle? You know, not as much as I'd like to, but um, I have had a chance to enjoy a little bit. We certainly had a beautiful fall here in west central Minnesota. Uh, I don't think anybody can complain about. Uh, harvest was great. The weather was fantastic. So. So recreational land seems to be pretty encompassing. How do you classify it? What all goes into rec land? Well, um, primarily rec land is going to be um, the type of land that, you know, has trees, is used for hunting, uh, maybe recreational activities such as riding ATVs, um, hiking, things like that. Uh, it's, it's classified more into, you know, your pasture and woods um, and, you know, isn't so much tillable ground. So then when it comes to the financing side of rec land, is it any different than other real estate? It's more challenging to find lenders that will do recreational land, especially on long-term, fully fixed and amortized situations. Um, You know, when people are buying houses and things like that, there's secondary markets that will allow for longer-term financing. When it comes to rec land, most people are are limited to uh, balloon type of financing or adjustable rate mortgages. And so um, it can certainly be a challenge in in some situations to even get a lending institution to look at at funding those types of things. Um, And that's one of the big advantages that that Aid Country has is being able to help uh, people out in those types of situations with the long-term fixed rate financing um, that's available here. So what are some of the largest factors people should consider before they pull that uh, proverbial trigger on buying some recreational land? Well, you know, recreational land is always fun. Um, you know, I think back to when I was a kid and, and deer camp, which, you know, is, is kind of the territory we're in right now. But uh, some of the best memories that I've had is, is with my family, um, you know, telling stories and spending time out in the woods. Um, so, you know, I think that's an important consideration is, uh, you know, what the ultimate goal of buying that is. Is it, is it for fun? Is there other purposes for it? Um, and, you know, then, of course, you know, making sure it's within your price range and it's affordable, um, finding the right type of financing and things like that as well. And, you know, probably finding a good consultant to help walk you through some of those steps, too, because it's not something everybody does every day. So what are some of the most common questions you get from customers when it comes to this subject? Well, um, you know, one of the most common questions is, do you do that? Uh, and, and the answer to that is yes, we do that at Aid Country. Another one is down payments. That's always a, a common question, um, as well as what types of terms are available to kind of as I, I had alluded to before, there isn't a whole lot of additional financing options in that open market that uh, will allow for the fully fixed, fully amortized type of structure. And so there's lots of people that are calling looking for that too. Now, we've uh, ultimately been alluding to buying land, but let's consider selling for a moment. If someone is interested in selling their recreational land, is there anything that they can do to really help that price out? 
Yeah, that's a good question, Adam. You know, I think one thing um, that's important to consider is making sure that there's a, at least a sizable chunk that's not in any particular program that would limit the ability to build on that property. Um, also, that would limit any ability to create any food plots and things like that, too. Um, those are some pretty big things in the market that people like to have some flexibility and options when they're looking at purchasing land. Sometimes it's not necessarily all about the recreational properties of it, but you know maybe they're looking at building a home um, or you know raising their family out in the country on a larger piece of property. With that in mind of a potential structure, uh, would building something change how that land is then classified? Well, um, it could potentially change the classification of the value, or excuse me, the classification of the land, but not necessarily. Um, I just think of some programs that that land gets put into sometimes, which really handcuff that property from any sort of development opportunities. Um, and so, some people have even gone so far as to, you know, maybe do a, a survey on five or ten acres out of their chunk. Um, to prepare that, but that isn't always necessary. Sometimes that's an additional expense. If they just leave certain portions of their property um, out of those programs just to, to create that ability um, for somebody else, should they be selling it down the road to you know build a, a house or another type of proper or another type of structure on there, whatever that might be, um, that can really increase the value of the property when it comes to selling. And so you've mentioned a few times that there are certain programs that could uh, really come into play here and affect it one way or another. What type of programs are we talking about? I have run into some, like I'm part of a local sportsman's club, and uh, one of the properties that we had purchased as that sportsman club got put 100% um, into a, a lifetime easement program, and there's zero development options on that property. And so that's you know just one particular example of how that could negatively affect the value of um, trying to sell that piece of property because we ran in the, into that when we were trying to sell that so then we could buy another piece of property to restore again. Kyle, do you have any tips for people listening along on how to navigate through this process in terms of making a decision when it comes to recreational land? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think one thing that probably gets overlooked a little bit is budget. Um, you know, I think just taking a look at your budget and taking a look at what you could you could afford in terms of land, I, th I think would surprise some people. And I think that that uh, helps as a backdoor approach in terms of figuring out how much they can afford. Because uh, again, that's one of the number one questions that we get is, well, what can I afford on something? Um, and that kind of can help steer you into the direction of, you know, maybe how much land you can buy or where that land would be located. Um, and, you know, I, I alluded to this before, but I think just finding the right person to help navigate through the environment is a very important thing for being successful with your land purchases as well. Now, when it comes to affordability, uh, of course, everybody's situation is, is pretty unique, but are there any ratios or metrics that uh, come into play here that, you know, there's a recommendation of, of so much of your mortgage you know, takes up uh, your actual income. Is there anything like that that plays into effect here? Well, there are some regulations in certain cases that um, maybe hold a little bit more weight than others and, and do take some of that into consideration. Um, it, it really depends on the situation. If there's a house involved, it's going to be a little bit more restrictive than it if it is just straight bare land on that piece of property. And, you know, I guess what I always like to allude to is 
Um, as you talked about before, everybody's situation is different. Everybody has their own unique situation. And so that's where it's important to have a consultant that can help walk you through that process and figure out where that comfort level is for you uh, to take away a large majority of the stress that may be, may be involved with um, you know, some of these purchases and, and the shopping and trying to find that perfect property as well. Thank you very much for joining us here today. We greatly appreciate it. Is there a place where people can go if they want to learn more? Yeah, um, you could you could reach out to any of the local egg country branches. Um, anybody, uh, we, we have coverage at all those branches for any of your home rec land needs. And, um, you know, feel free to also visit our website at eggcountry.com. Go under the home loan section of the website and there's links in there to start applications. Um, and again, feel free to reach out to our team at any time and we're happy to answer questions and, and walk you through the process from start to finish to make, the, make it as easy as possible. Well, Kyle, thank you very much for being here today. Hey, I appreciate your time, Adam. Thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of the fall. It's, it seems like our days might be numbered here. So That is Kyle Rylander, MVP Home Loans with Egg Country. If you have questions on a financial topic, Egg Country would love to hear from you. You can send them a message on Facebook, tweet at them on Twitter, or submit your question through their website at eggcountry.com. <laughs>